You're listening to Creators in Saigon, a podcast based in the rapidly modernizing city of Saigon, Vietnam. I'm Dana, and together with my co-hosts, Tuesi and Nico, we interview the most inspiring creative entrepreneurs Saigon has to offer on topics about life, relationships, creativity, business, health, and more. We are all coaches specializing in different areas, but our common goal is to inspire you to reach your full potential in these areas and improve the quality of your life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Creators in Saigon podcast. Today we are recording a team episode because we have an important announcement to make. It is about something we have known for only a few weeks, so it's quite recent and still fresh in our minds. But it's definitely impacting all of us, the team, but also the audience. So the big news is that Dana is moving back to the US. No. (laughs) That is happening. Dana is going back home and leaving Vietnam in the beginning of October. So before I let Dana elaborate more on the subject, I just wanted to say that today's episode is about, of course, this news and how Creators Inside on Podcast will be impacted, but also about the decision-making process behind. Our human brains are not comfortable with change and with decision-making. So for us, it's a perfect opportunity to study more how Dana handled it and how we are going to you know, go through this process and, and we are going to decorticate what Dana did and how she made the decision and what consequences it will have on the podcast for the team, for, for you, the audience as well, of course. So let's begin this conversation. I suggest we start by giving the, everybody, uh, especially to the audience, a little update on what type of projects all of us are working at the moment and how we are handling the strict lockdown situation here in Ho Chi Minh City. Yeah, and to elaborate for people not in Ho Chi Minh City who may not be aware of what's all happening. Um, So we are recording this on August 21st. I mean, for the past few months, it's been pretty strict lockdown and like only going out for food or medical reasons and like restaurants can't even deliver food like we can only get grocery deliveries and then just yesterday they announced this like even stricter thing and there's not even really a lot of details around it I don't think like as far as I know but it kind of sounds like the military is in town and uh, we can't go out for any reason not even for food so like Mm -hmm. and that the military is going to be I guess handing out food, but I don't. I don't understand how that works. <laughs> Do you guys know any more, or could you explain it any more clearly? I think. I think. Uh, I think we're all in the same situation. I think yeah. the. Uh, th- I think the government w- might be privileging the people that need it the most. So I think the uh, the middle the the middle and average class is going to be kind of left out to their own like you know survival <laughs> type of thing. But it's mm-hmm. something very new and like. You know, we had like what 20, uh, ten thousand new COVID uh, case in the last like yesterday, and for the past two days, there is ten thousand per day. So I think uh, I think Vietnam is just bracing itself for something really, really bad. So if they're if they're going to that type of solutions, uh, 
it's really because I think we really need to stay home. So mm-hmm. hopefully everybody has, you know, stock up for at least one week for like, you know, the military, the government, everybody to kind of figure out as we go. But like the name of the game is to just not go out because it got pretty real. Like, and, and so if, if I may elaborate on this, we're lucky. Well, we're lucky and unlucky at the same time. But we we have the, the we have the hindsight on what happened in other countries. So I guess for us, you know, I've been in contact with Canada, France for the past year, and I've seen what the lockdown has done in those countries. And I know to stay put and to really like you know uh, prepare for the worst at this point. Um, but we can see the rise of like, we can see already like, you know, the infrastructure here in Vietnam was not meant to handle that many cases. And so right now, like, you know, and especially in the small ham, like you can see like, you know, uh, people like, you know, being touched by COVID from all generation, vaccination is getting hard. And so like, it's going to get, it's going to get real complicated for sure. So when they're, they're giving us like a span of one month of still being in the shit, I think it's going to get, it's going to go a little longer, you know, but mm-hmm. we got to stay, we got to stay real and pragmatic and like, you know, and, and hopeful that it's going to end at some point, but we have to, you know, take it as, as I, I don't, I won't, I don't say like a day at a time. Uh, I think a, a, a week at this point at a time. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think, I think we cannot plan more than a week ahead. Yeah. And, and yeah, like uh, staying at home. So how, how, how has it been, going for you guys like how do you handle the lockdown for me uh if i if i'm the one to start i like it's it's been it's been an interesting journey because i feel like i've been eased in into this whole lockdown with what happened last year because like when it happened last year at the beginning of 2020 i thought we were going to go into intense lockdown and i and uh, and i was all in panic mode and i i remember freaking out in uh, in march 2020 and then I stopped and I was like, well, there is no point for me to, to chase them. And then I think we talked in multiple interviews about this and it was like, let's go back into self-care. Let's go back into like, you know, caring about ourselves and looking inside instead of like trying to find solution outside. And so when this lockdown happened, I think, I think, uh, and I'm grateful that I was way more ready for it. Cause if I, if I had to, to go through a lockdown like this three years ago, I think I would have been in a very, very bad shape. So I, I can see, and I, I think you know we'll we'll see we'll see more uh, definitely like mental health problem rising and like cabin fever and 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 all those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't uh, even we didn't even know each other in March 2020. Isn't that weird? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so uh, it's so interesting to see the uh, the the evolution of things. But so for me, I, I think the way I'm approaching this lockdown right now is is to find this this really subtle balance between being proactive and and accepting and 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 letting my and letting my uh, my anxiety be heard and 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 have us have enough room to to breathe, you know, because there is no point to stress in trying to produce wealth, money to, to find jobs or anything like this. Cause I don't have the proper room, physical proper room to express that anxiety. If there is like, you know, the, the work stress, cause before, if you could go out or if you could do anything, then I could take on more contracts. I could take on more creative projects and be like, okay. Cause I know I have an outlet, the gym or anything like the, a walk outside that allows me to balance things out. But now I'm like, no, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do like, you know, the, 
what I, what needs to be done for this week, what needs to be done to 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 assure my necessities are met for this month, and then really take the time to care about myself, to reach out to the people that I can reach out with the energy that I have left, and then and then to make sure that we we get through this to the you know the capacity that I have. So that's what I've been doing right now. So just very few coaching and just one consulting gig, and then really just taking care of. Well, I guess every day is a battle against me and Netflix <laughs> and YouTube. <laughs> I think and, that's the... and Netflix usually wins. <laughs> Netflix usually wins. So this is this is my my full time job has been a, a constant battle with my old with my old habits, a constant battle with like you know coping uh, or letting myself just go. And then and then some days I win, some days I don't, and I I don't I I don't feel too too bad about it. Like for example, yesterday I watched like eight fucking episodes of the umbrella academy but it's like yeah whatever like you know it's like it happens mm-hmm. and then also taking taking into account that there is that global energy again that the, the global stress can be can be can be heard can be sensed and so we have to we have to be aware of that mm-hmm. all right that's all for me what about nice. you Nico? yeah so for me i'm counting the the months now because actually i since the beginning of the first week of June, uh, with my wife, we became um, F, F3 and F4. So that means we were, you know, in contact from three people to uh, someone positive to COVID. So by precaution, we decided to self-quarantine at home from the beginning of June. And at that time, I knew that the Delta virus, uh, the, the Delta uh, virus was a little more... Um, contagious, but I didn't know that we would, you know, go into a, a full lockdown or things like that. And at the, and I was confident that you know Vietnam would handle it the same way they have handled it in the past. But this time the virus is way more uh, stronger, so so it's way more difficult. And so we self quarantined for 21 days. But by that time we also went like the city went into semi lockdown and then full lockdown. Mm. So. <laughs> It's like I've been at home basically for <laughs> the beginning of June, like for three months now. So, well, we are doing fine with my wife. Like honestly, uh, we still can go shopping. Uh, we don't have the ration, uh, you know, the tickets to go out, and and the, our district is not, you know, too much controlled. Uh, so we have some 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 places we can go shopping and everything. So so it's good, and. Actually, it has been a moment for me uh, to gather and to, I I was finishing my life book. So amazing program, by the way, very, very good program. Uh, So it helped me to understand that, you know, like what I'm doing is what I like to do. It helped me to understand that I have a good vision for life, but my day to day is a little less, not enough, you know, focused on, on, on my vision. So it helped me to, you know, focus back on my couple, uh, back on my health, uh, focus more on, you know, the things that matter to me, not just the ideas that I had and try to run after. Uh, so to be more like, you know, self-centered and, and, and focused on, on my mission and everything. So, so I'm using this time to, to do this. And surprisingly, it's the same than with the previous lockdown where I lost my hostel. This time I lost, I, I lost a contract, like a full-time contract at that time. So beginning of June, like I'm, I'm back to, you know, having free time again for, for this. So it was a good opportunity as well. But at the same time, um, I had to find new, 
you know, you, new way to earn, earn money, which now I did, like I'm working with Commit. So it's the same, another full-time consulting gig where I'm working with a tool that is a little different than Notion, but uh, basically like we help entrepreneurs and companies to, to optimize their workflow and, and, and help them to improve their, their productivity. Um, so that's what I do. And, um, and I think I'm about to focus on my blog and like focus on my community to, you know, share more my knowledge and share more what I know about entrepreneurship in Vietnam, share more about my mission, which I, you know, keep defining. And I think I need people to hear about it to see if it's actually, you know, something that can empower people and, and, and to help them to, uh, to, to go through the things that I've been through. And, and I think yeah, I want to tell that stories as well. So, so that's the things I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about. And yeah, the goal for me now is to stay busy, stay healthy, stay, stay focused on that. I have, I have a question for you, Nico, since we talked about the life book last time. So just to follow up with this, so you did pay the $500, you completed the life book within the time frame required, and then they refunded your money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. very good. And yeah. so you would recommend this experience to everybody? Uh, yeah, to, I mean, to people who actually are, you know, a little lost, like I, I am, and like I was somehow, it helps you to realign yourself with uh, what you are doing on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So it helps you to question your day-to-day saying, is it, you know, like saying that, you know, you dream about doing this or having that or being that type of things and back on your day-to-day and question and compare it to, to, this, vi- to this life vision. Be like, mm-hmm. you know, you want to build this type of company, but are you actually on a daily basis, you know, focused on that? You want to, you, you want, you say you have, you want to take care of your girlfriend or your, or your relationship or your health, but are you actually, you know, on a day-to-day uh, doing this? So it helped me to, to put me back on track on, on certain things and understand that, you know, I was um, uh, doing certain things and, and eventually the, it, it was not relevant to the vision that I had for myself in the future. Very good. Thanks. All right, Dana. All right. Yeah, I agree with Tuasi in that this time around is a lot better than last time. I think last time I was totally not mentally stable. At this time last year, I was part of a like a women's online support circle though, which was really, really nice. Um, It was like a weekly thing where a bunch of girls get on a Zoom call and just like basically just talk out our emotions and like what's happening. And that was really good. But I was also like trying to, trying so hard to launch like my life coaching business at that time. And it felt so out of alignment, but I don't think I really understood that it like felt out of alignment and I was just trying to force it so hard to the point. Eventually I just like stopped going on all social media for two months. I was like, no, I just need to drop everything and just, just like get back to myself taking Mm -hmm. things slow. And this, this time around this year, because like, I'm so grateful for notion and the systems that like we've helped each other set up because it's, it's all about consistency. I think like this is the only year where I've ever 
every single day showed up for myself to mm. meditate 10 minutes a day, even just 10 minutes. Like I noticed such a huge difference in my, my mental like resiliency from last year and exercising every day, like getting sunlight first thing in the morning, eating right, all of these things. Uh, I think it's hard for people who are in a position right now where they're feeling all the anxiety, all the, all the stress, like depression and everything, because those things like, oh, eat healthy, meditate, blah, blah, blah. I feel like those things are more preventative rather than like an acute treatment, mm -hmm. meaning that like, if you're in such a state of depression, you're like in the dark, deep hole someone telling you, oh, you just need to meditate for 10 minutes. Like that's not going to help. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like, I'm really glad that I installed these habits this whole year to the point where it seems like anything that comes my way, any more like obstacle or challenge that comes up, it's just like, oh, okay. I just have to like slightly adjust and, and like get myself back on track. Whereas before any like little shift in something was like a freaking like hurricane in my life. It was like one little gust of wind was like a hurricane that would mm -hmm. knock me over and destroy everything. And now it's just like a little, a little gentle breeze <laughs> that I just have to shift course. I don't know if I'm making sense, but mm -hmm. um, it's better. There's definitely been, I would say the month of July, I was completely like not productive. I was so stuck because at the beginning of June was when my boss first told me, uh, you know, when your contract is up in October, we're only going to sign a full-time contract, not a, not a part-time contract. And so it was at that point that I started getting worried of like, Oh, am I going to stay? Am I going to leave? How is this all going to turn out? And then I was just feeling so stuck because it felt like well, what's the point of putting in any effort here, like, you know, building programs here or starting projects here, if I'm just going to have to leave in a few months. But I also don't know, am I going home? Am I going to Mexico? Am I going to Bali? Like, where am I going? So I was just like at a standstill in July and just pretty much didn't do anything at all. Lena, can you explain uh, maybe to people who yeah. know like what type of contracts did you had with this company and mm -hmm. what, what changed mm -hmm. and why it made you take the decision actually? Yeah. So, for, yeah. So from beginning of June, so I'm working at Wall Street English part-time. It's 15 hours a week. And uh, he told me that when my contract ends in, in October, they don't want to do part-time contracts anymore. They only want to do full-time, which I also don't think was even entirely true from them. But uh, the full-time contract is 40 hours. And I already don't like teaching. I can barely do the 15 hours a week. So hearing 40, oh my God. And, <laughs> and, that's, and I, I did do that my first year here in Vietnam in 2018 to 2019. I did do the full-time. Mm -hmm. And it fucking sucked. Like I was miserable. 
So there was just, that was just immediate. No, no way. Mm -hmm. So then it became the question of, okay, well, what am I going to do? And so the first thought was not leaving. The first thought was, okay, I need to find another plan because that company was providing you the mm -hmm. TLC the and right. everything so long-term, right? Right. Yeah. I think, yeah, initially the first feelings were just, when I look back at it, I think I literally went through the stages of grief because the first feelings <laughs> was just like anger. I was so mm -hmm. mad because it just, it just completely blew up like all the plans that I had. Like if, if that had not happened, my plan was I was definitely going to sign another part-time contract with them and like stay another year and just keep doing exactly what I've been doing, basically like trying to grow a community here in terms of women's health, like establish myself um, as, you know, someone who knows about women's health here and keep doing programs and stuff. And I had all these big plans for projects. I was going to work with uh, a period panties brand here, and we were going to do this big women's day event. And plus with creators in Saigon, like we had just sort of made bigger goals of, okay, let's start partnering with the hive. Let's try to get sponsorships. Let's like blah, blah, blah. We had all these big ideas. So it felt like oh my God, now all of that is just going to go to waste and I don't know what's, what's happening next. So yeah, my initial thought was, okay, I need to figure out a way to stay here and keep to be able to keep doing like all the things that I want to do. But at the same time, that was feeling kind of hopeless because everything was shutting down. I need certain paperwork you know, to process a new visa and like the justice department's closed, the U S embassy's closed. So it was just feeling like, I mean, how is that even going to happen? And then just seeing all the other people posting on Facebook in the expats groups of like, uh, I, I applied to this school and they told me it's going to be, you know, 60 million VND to get the paperwork done and whatever. And I'm just like, what, what is going on? And, uh, Yeah. And then, and then trying to figure out, okay, maybe, maybe I don't have to do a teaching job. Maybe I can find some other way. Uh, and we also had even talked about, okay, maybe establishing creators in Saigon as a business or the three of us, like establishing some kind of business, but it just felt like there were constant roadblocks in every option. It was like, okay, this is this is too expensive or this is too like time consuming and complicated. And, and for what, like, it's like you put in all that time and effort and you don't even actually know if it's going to work or not. So then a lot of people were talking about going to Mexico, Mexico. A lot of people went to Mexico. So that was like a big <laughs> thing. Like there was a moment where I had fully decided like, okay, I'm going to Mexico. It was like one day I had been on a call with Tuesi and Brian yeah. and it, by the end of, by the end of that call, it was like, yep, I'm, I'm going to Mexico for sure. And then literally the next day I had a call with Tuesi and Nico. And then we started talking about like, I don't know, all these other options of like, oh, Tuesi's brother has a business. Maybe he can help mm. you. So it was just yeah. so confusing. It was literally like a day-to-day -day yeah. change in my mindset. 
And it was really mm-hmm. exhausting. Like the decision fatigue was just so exhausting. I think talking to you at some point, I wanted to go to Mexico. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I think one of the call we had, I turned around to uh, to me and I was like, I think I'm going to go to Mexico. You have to leave Vietnam. And she was like, why? <laughs> I was like, I'm yeah. talking about it. <laughs> yeah, Brian too. He was like, wait, can I go to Mexico? <laughs> so... So the, the, this this event actually, like I remember in June, like my first feeling was like, oh, so you know, like uncertainty. I think that was the for me it yes. was more like, uh, oh, we've been you know on a good rhythm, posting every week, uh, starting to you know have a good habit and and, and building a community and everything, and then um, because because of, of of this event, like um, I. I I felt the uncertainty that, you know, we have in every project, of course, when you start to create things and you start to do things and put your, your efforts into some things, you have to expect that, you know, it's not going to be always um, a jump start, but all, there is up and downs. It's more like a roller coaster. And, um, and I felt like, okay, that's the new down that we have to face. Mm. And, uh, and I, I've seen you, uh, like you were mentioning in your, in, in the way you handle the lockdown, like you were, I, I've seen you in the last year, like you, you were pivot, pivoting in a lot of different directions and you said it well, like now I felt like before that event, you were, you know, settling down into some kind of really deep rooted projects that could be, you know, long lasting. And, and well, you, I feel like I, w- I was seeing you very comfortable mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and now that, you know, like, I guess it's another way to pivot, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you think of, you know, handling this at the moment? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's good to mention too, that throughout the whole process of me, like bouncing back and forth and back and forth from the decision, like throughout that time, I was also writing pros and cons list like almost daily and it was so funny because it it never changed like it was I was writing down the same things every day and just looking Mm. at this list like oh this isn't giving me the answer because there were like equal amounts of pros versus cons there was no like clear winner it was kind of just a lose-lose situation in both cases and but also like weirdly staying in Vietnam it seemed like there were more pros logically but at the same time my gut feeling like emotionally was telling me that I should leave and that was really confusing because I didn't have like a clear rational reason uh to go and so to be more clear about like what was on these pros and cons lists pros for staying I'm just I've been so comfortable here like I like my my apartment I like my neighborhood I can you know eat healthy for pretty cheap here and with with the teaching job I'm able to you know pay all my bills but still have a lot of free time and freedom to work on the things that I want to work on I have this podcast that brings me a lot of fulfillment and joy and a support network here, a community, uh, all of these things. And then I, when I look at the list of like going back to the U.S., mm-hmm. it's like no support network, no 
home base. I don't, I don't even know where I would live. Uh, it's extremely way more expensive. I like can't afford health insurance. You need a car in most cases in the U.S. I don't have a car. I don't have like enough money for a car. Barely remember how to drive. You know, like, <laughs> uh, and like, and just the way the U.S. is right now. Everyone everyone disagrees on everything there's like two sides yeah. to everything and it's not like covid is much better over there like they still have cases too every day um so it was like hmm <laughs> why all of this information written down in front of me but i still feel like leaving yeah, yeah that was just very confusing yeah so despite having that emotional feeling I still was like, okay, I have to do, I have to at least try to stay here. And I think I just had that feeling of like, I need to know that I at least tried. I, I at least did everything I could and that I didn't just give up because I didn't want to like get home and I don't know, feel like, oh, maybe I should have tried harder or maybe there was something I could have done. I didn't want to have any regrets. So yeah. I still applied for a few different jobs. I got a job offer from another teaching center. And that was, <laughs> that was really when, I, when the emotional feeling was more clear. Because when I got that email, I literally out loud was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and so that, <laughs> it just told me that like the whole time, all along, I really didn't want to stay, but I was just like, I was just trying to, I don't know, do everything I could to like, yeah. I don't know, trick I, myself like, you, in some way. Balance I think it makes sense. It makes sense. You tried your best. You had your options. And when you had your actually tangible options in front of you, when you went, you knew what to privilege, you know, and then the emotional right. intuition, you, you chose to go that way. And it, it makes total sense. But you yeah. needed to have that answer in front of you. You need to have that really tangible, like, okay, here is an offer. Do I say yes or no now? And then you've, you know, <laughs> I think your your yeah. gut reaction really said everything. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, I think I needed to at least know what my options were and and like be empowered to make a decision because before it just felt like I'm not, I'm not able to make a decision. I'm being forced to like mm. either stay or go. I mean, yeah. being forced to go pretty much. And I wanted the option to stay, but yeah. to say no. <laughs> you wanted your freedom of choice. You wanted to yeah. be in control of that. It's like, I'm choosing this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. Such a hard decision. Yeah. But yeah. so then I, so they sent the email and then I had to decide, like, I really had to decide within 24 hours because, you know, after that, I was not going to be trying to apply for another job. Like that was it, like either yes or no, all in or out. So I was like, okay, let me sleep on it. Let me go to sleep. See how I feel tomorrow because we know mm -hmm. that my mind changes every single day. And I had a dream that night where... <laughs> So the dream, so the setting. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Oh, because usually these are these are the dreams, and you're like, okay, decision made, decision made. Yeah, yeah. So 
Yes. So the dream, the setting, I feel like I was in New York City or something. There were a lot of like apartment buildings around and there were these two guys, maybe they were like teenager kind of age and they were doing something in this one apartment. They were like messing around, like playing a game or something. And somehow they accidentally started a fire and the fire started like moving to the next apartment building next to it. And for some reason, my like reaction was to go into that next apartment building and try to warn everyone, like, you have to get out. There's a fire, go outside. And I go all the way to the top of the apartment building. And like, I open the door and there's this old woman just sitting, like looking out her window and I can see the fire like coming. Uh, And I was like, Hey, you have to go. There's a fire. And she was like, she was like, no, just leave me. I want to die. And I was like, what? No, <laughs> we have to get out. There's a fire. And she's like, no, no, I want to die. Just leave me here. And I was like, no. So I pick her up and I realized she's like disabled in some way. She, it felt like her body was just made of stone. Like she was just rock hard. And I pick her up and I'm trying to carry her down the stairs, but she's really heavy. And I keep like kind of dropping her a little bit and like, She's in pain, uh, but I get her all the way down. And then when we go outside, it's like it's like a field setting. Now, instead of New York City, it's like an open field and it's like nature. And I, I put her down and I pretty much just wake up at that point. And I woke up and I was like, well, that was really weird. <laughs> like, I was like, what does that mean? And it was really... Um, it really caught my attention because I don't ever dream about fire. Usually if I'm having a lot of anxiety and worry and stress, I dream about water and like drowning or being in some situation where like there's a lot of water, I'm drowning, I have to get out or I'm on like a boat in the middle of the ocean and the boat's sinking. So it really caught my attention that there was this dream of fire And so then I'm trying to Google, like, what does fire mean? Like Mm. symbolism in the dream. And like, what what does an old lady mean? (laughs) Like, why is there this old disabled lady? Why am I carrying her out of the fire? And I was like, you know what? All of this trying to rationalize everything, like the pros and cons list and like trying to rationalize what does this mean? is not getting me anywhere. And I need to do something that's like, not at the rational level, but more at the subconscious level. So that's why I booked a call with Quinn, who was formerly the co-host Lam on this show. Mm -hmm. And she does tarot card reading, tarot. Uh, And I messaged her, I was like, have you ever done dream interpretation kind of stuff? Have you ever studied that? I had this weird dream and I have a decision, like a big decision to make. So she's like, yeah. So we get on the call and I don't want to give away like the full process because I think part of what helped me so much was, was not knowing exactly what would happen and like being just open-minded to whatever. So I won't say like exactly, exactly what we did, but I will say that (laughs) dream interpretation is not like you telling her the dream and she's like, oh yes, 
the fire, <laughs> the fire symbolizes blah, blah, blah. And like, this is exactly what it means. And tarot card reading is not like future fortune telling or anything like that. It's more a journey of like your own subconscious. So you can find the decision within yourself and the meaning for yourself. So it's, it's almost kind of like a meditation where you go inside and like sort of basically just ask yourself, like use your inner, inner wisdom. We did like this womb meditation. So the womb for women is like the source of creativity and wisdom. And so basically the outcome of it was for me realizing that the old lady was me and that, and that it was, it was like the, the old me needing to die and me like new me needing to start a new chapter in my life is how I interpreted it because fire actually does represent rebirth as we there's like that symbolism of the phoenix you know Mm. burning and then rising from the ashes and so how I interpreted it was oh, you know, the fire was actually not something dangerous, but something like cleansing kind of, or like it's, it's consuming the old so that like new can come from it and coming out of the apartment and into the, the field, like the open field to me represented like this, this change and like new possibilities, maybe like it feels very open. Whereas in the apartment, it felt like prison and like closed and trapped and there's a there's like fire like you know feeling trapped kind of i see so and then lam as she was hearing me like interpret it that way she was like yeah and knowing you for a long time and seeing your journey here even thinking about those teenager boys who were the ones that started the fire she said that like when you first came to Vietnam, you're very in your masculine energy and like always needing to do, 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 be productive, like taking no rest. And that the old, old lady was like your, your feminine, like wise self. And now that you sort of have reached that point and come more connected to your femininity, it's like, yeah, now you can go on a new journey and start, start a new chapter. So it's just so funny that like out of all of the pros and cons list and the trying to like think with my conscious brain so hard about it, that really got me nowhere. But after this like subconscious sort of exploration with symbolism and meaning after that call, I felt way more confident in the decision to leave even though there was still no logical like reason it was just having the confidence to trust that what I was feeling was right for me and I still like I still don't feel 100% confident because there's no way like any of us could ever know or predict what's going to happen in the future like I still fear that I'll go home and regret it and you know maybe as soon as I get home the U.S. will go into lockdown and I'll just be in this like perpetual lockdown for the rest of my life <laughs> <laughs> I think, I I think, think, I think, yeah it's um 
like we 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 don't we never know really the outcome of a choice and like you know we can always base it on logics and you know our conscious mind but everything that you're saying is is quite is quite right like you know but but at the end of the day on at least for us as your team here at careers in Saigon is whichever choice you're going to make it doesn't really matter we don't care about the outcome of it it's just like be confident about the choice you make and then we'll be here to support whatever outcomes happen mm-hmm. but if you decide to go back to the US for example and then in in two three months we see you like depressed as fuck then we'll be the first one to be like yo what's up Dana <laughs> pick yourself up <laughs> yeah and like you, you'll on, know that you have that support yeah so but it's not about like you know making the right or the wrong choice it's about choosing one you know yeah. for whichever you know intuition you have and then making sure that you know whichever whatever problems you'll face because you'll face some problems or whatever down that you'll have that you know you'll you'll have the proper system and the proper support system for you to for you to mm-hmm. you know keep going yeah, yeah and there there is so many pros and cons possible like to list down it's 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 hard when we make a decision when we have these pros and cons in front of us because it's so rational meanwhile usually when we make a decision it's usually emotional just and um, and I think when you when I hear your your dream like that's something that helped you like choose more than actually you know those lists of things of you know the poor the, the pros of getting a new job or the the cons of going back to the US or something mm-hmm. like that. yeah mm-hmm. and and uh, yeah like I I will second Jesse on what what he just said like um, whatever you you decide to do uh, I mean like whatever happens after that decision. Um, we will be here to you know to listen to what what are the outcomes and and we'll be here to also you know because it's not because you move to the U.S. that as your support system will disappear um, mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. will still be here and actually uh, I think you can relate on that as well because your family is in the U.S. at the moment and I guess you consider them somehow part of your support system mm-hmm. it has worked out for the last year mm-hmm. so I guess. Uh, with people like us, it's going to work out as well. Um, you know, yeah. Like we can make a way and we can find ways as well. Yeah. So, hearing. That's what I mean. So, what's uh, what's your latest plan now, Dana? What's the, the what's the most like drawn out plan for the next month? <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually want to just say one more thing. I think is important okay, about the decision too, um, because something else I also did. I was saying to you guys before we started recording how like. I, to prepare for this interview because I, I couldn't even like remember, you know, how exactly I made the decision process. And I had to go back to my journal and, and look at all the things I was writing. And something else I did was I was writing out like what actually are all my fears about going home? Like, what is it that I'm actually worried about? And when I started looking at all these, those things, it's not that they weren't valid. Like they were very valid, like real things that could actually happen. But I eventually was like, well, they're just, all of this is just temporary. Like the things I'm worried about is, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to have enough money to like live in the U S or where am I going to live? Like I I'm going to my aunt's house, but I'm not really going to feel comfortable because I'm, I've been living by myself for three years and like having my own routines and habits. And now I have to adjust and like live in someone else's space and realizing, well, it's not like that's going to be the rest of my life forever. (laughs) It's just a temporary, like 
transitionary phase. And when I think about all of my fears before coming to Vietnam, it was like the exact same thing. Like, oh, I'm, I have all my routines at home and now everything's going to change. And I don't know anyone there. I don't have a support system. Like it was literally the same. And that only lasted for like, I don't know, three months, six months until I was, I felt pretty like comfortable and settled in Vietnam. And, Mm -hmm. and I also thought back to all of the times where I, I had to do something that was uncomfortable and scary and what were all the positive things that came out of that. So it was, yeah, like all these fears going into Vietnam. And then I was able to write like a massive list of all the amazing things that happened in these past three years here and how much I've grown. And most of these things I could have never guessed before I came here that these things would happen. Like before I came to Vietnam, the only sort of thought on my mind was, well, I'm just going to teach English and I don't know what's going to happen. Like, that's it. I did not have any plans to start a podcast or start a business, start like multiple businesses. So it sort of just, I don't know, made me feel better to think, okay, well, I'm going into this situation again. It's going to be uncomfortable temporarily, but that's going to pass and good good things are for sure going to come out of it. So I think that's important for people to listen to. Yeah. I think I, this makes me think of uh, when, you, when you were talking, I was thinking back at your dream again and, and like reinterpreting on my, in my own version, but like, it's, mm. it's very much about like, you know, like there is, um, I feel like there is a difference with, uh, with true acceptance of the, of your condition, of your situation to be able to let go and to really like, like, you know, you have to accept to be able mm-hmm. to let go yeah where, that's like, why you know, i said i was like i went through the stages of grief because there was <laughs> there was all this anger and then there was yeah. sadness like Definitely. grieving the loss of my life here and mm-hmm. i was just crying for like a week straight yeah. and then i moved into this like acceptance space yeah but yeah. It, but all the all the all the all the fears of all, all the true fears that you that you're listening to like you know living with your aunt and being able not being able to do your routines or or actually constructive fears that you have to accept it, it's bound to happen actually and mm-hmm. then when there is that acceptance that go with it then we, we don't submit to it and you can actually be more proactive and actually once you have that acceptance yeah it's it's going to happen then you can make a plan for it to change throughout the time but you don't force things to just happen the way you want and mm-hmm. so i find this very very important all the all the things that you've shared today i, I find this really important to you know journal them out define it the, the proper way there is going to be fears but there is fears that you can accept and you can make plans mm-hmm. to actually uh, like you know like by us even talking about this the day you're going to go to your aunt's place you know it's not going to be as violent or as you won't have to submit to this you'll you'll probably have proactive discussions or you know have a way already an approach or multiple approach to to try mm-hmm. <laughs> and not just be like fuck it like you know i'm just gonna <laughs> submit to this and just eat eat meat again and forever (laughs) yeah well and i'm sure you already have those conversations with yourself it's like oh am i gonna eat meat ah okay i'll yeah maybe a little bit of milk (laughs) right right yeah but uh, it's good it's good to have to express those things and like so I, i think journaling helped you a lot no yeah absolutely there's like pages and pages of just 
even just writing down exactly the emotions that I was feeling just to identify like right now I'm feeling fucking pissed. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. Like, or I'm really sad. Um, just to, yeah, call them out and, and release them and not hold on to it. Cause I yeah. think that will, you know, make it difficult to make decisions too. And, yeah. and yeah, like you said, not, um, like being realistic about the fears and the, and the challenges that might come up and be like, okay, yeah, that's a very real possibility. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's gonna happen. So what are we going to do about it proactively rather than being like, Oh, something scary is going to happen. So I just, <laughs> I shouldn't do it. So I'm just going to stay here in my, in my comfort zone. And I think too, when I, at six months, so like in June, we had also done a, like a, what do we call it? Half year review, six months review or whatever. Looking back at my review from 2020 and where I was at that time, I had come to the realization of like, stop, stop making decisions from a fear-based mindset and like from a scarcity mindset. And so I kind of realized that that's what I was doing by by not acting on my gut feeling to leave because there was all those fears of leaving and staying felt very comfortable. So it was like, no, we're not doing this again. We're not like making decisions just to avoid fear or discomfort, scary situations. So, so now it seems that you, you see it more like as an opportunity actually, right? Yeah, yeah, I feel like I, this is, this is also kind of how I view my time in Vietnam and how I view Vietnam in general. I feel like Vietnam attracts or like absorbs people who are feeling lost in life and they are feeling like they don't know what their purpose is. They don't know what their passion is. And they're kind of just like floating and, and then they come here to kind of like have that time away from normal, you know, rush life and to find their purpose and passion. That's at least what I see in, in so many foreigners who come here um, and me included. And I feel like I, I feel like I came here to, to do what I needed to do, which is like find my passion. And now that I feel like I have that, it kind of no longer felt like I was growing as much here or like the rate of growth really slowed down and I was kind of just like going through the motions here it, it just felt like I needed some kind of bigger shift to to get to the next level it felt like mm-hmm. here I can stay here and I can I can be at this comfortable level and I'm not I'm not falling I'm not going backwards but I'm like not really going forward either I'm kind of just like going to the side (laughs) so I needed like some big shift or big change to like push me to the next level this is is interesting this is really interesting because I'm I'm, I'm also wondering because I've been years and like because you if you if you have some time well like for us for actually at least me and Dana coming to Vietnam allowed us to like you know install this discipline get our systems in place and really having the taste of that good life or that really healthy 
affordable life. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wondering now, and I'm, I'll be observing you and, and helping you and supporting you through that. But like, what would happen now if I go back mm. to a, a Western, uh, the Western world? What, what would happen now that I have all those tools if I go back to, to Canada, for example, if I go back to France, you know, and it's daunting and it's scary, but I'm like, hmm, now I can watch Dana and see what she's <laughs> going to do about it. Yes. <laughs> so it's and quite something, Yeah, and something else Queen pointed out was the hero's journey and how mm. there's this point where, so it always starts like the hero has to leave their home and they have to like go out on this, mm -hmm. you know, adventure. And then there is a point when they like come back home and it's, there's a change because like so much about them has changed mm -hmm. and they've grown. And now it's like a coming back home kind of homecoming thing. Mm -hmm. So she was, she was like, I, I see that happening for you. Like you're going to go back and there's going to be a new like feeling towards being home. Mm -hmm. Cause when I left, like I left in a very, I had a very negative view of the US and I think I still do, but like, hopefully when I go back, maybe there will be some kind of shift and I'll see it in a different perspective because, because I'm different now. Yeah. You'll definitely attract a totally different crowd. I mean, yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see actually. Mm -hmm. I'm, quite, I'm, I'm quite excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to answer the question for what's next, um, Yeah, so I'm going, I'm flying to San Diego, California, where my aunt and uncle live and staying with them for I don't know how long. <laughs> uh, and I'm going there because my parents, they moved out of the home that we grew up in, in New Jersey. And now they're living in like a really small kind of condo studio apartment while they're waiting for uh They're going to move to South Carolina to retire and they're waiting for like a house to be built or something. So couldn't really stay there in New Jersey with them. So that's pretty much it. <laughs> What? I heard San Diego is not too bad. So <laughs> yeah, like that was the other thing too. Uh, like October in the, in the Northeast, it's already getting kind of cold and like, you know, November, December, really cold. I have not seen snow in like three years. I'm not mm -hmm. down, not down with cold weather. And San Diego at least is pretty temperate, definitely a lot cooler than here in, in Ho Chi Minh City, but I think it'll be an okay adjustment. That was, it's funny. That was one of the other like fears not really a fear but like a an inconvenience of going back to the US was like colder weather i was like ah oh, i don't want to be in winter because i know that it affects my mental health too because the sky is like gray and gloomy and it's cold and i can't go outside to exercise and stuff so i was like genuinely worried about that as well but what i wrote down in my journal was like girl you lived in the northeast for like 25 years of your life <laughs> Yeah. And you survive. Like, I'm pretty yeah. sure you can handle it for a little while. So, again, like, all of these things are just temporary. Do you have any, is it just a plan? Like, the plan is just <laughs> to settle down and, and see from that? Or do you have anything else in mind? So, like, initially I was thinking it would be cool to 
land in San, San Diego, hang out there for, I don't know, a couple of weeks and then do some kind of cross country road trip down the mm. South, like through Arizona and Texas. And I have family in Atlanta and Florida and then like come up to North Carolina and like up all the way up to New Jersey. But now <laughs> that I look more into health insurance, for example, in the U.S. is like so ridiculous. I mean, mm. it's based on your income and your age and where you live. So you have to declare your state of residence, which is like really limiting for me because I don't have a state of residence and um, I don't I don't really want to just not have, have health insurance, especially with COVID. And what if you if you ha- if you get COVID and then you try to sign up for health insurance, they like won't take you or it'll be way more expensive. So I'm trying to figure that out. But at the same time, I'm like, well, maybe I just won't won't even stay in the US long enough for that to be a thing. Maybe I'll just do San Diego for a little bit and then just like go to Mexico and not have to worry about that. All right. So I it's like I'm trying to I was trying to do research of well okay if I did live in America where would I live and I was googling like what's the cheapest city in America and it, of course it's like in the Midwest so I don't know exciting this is exciting this is quite interesting I feel yeah yeah, yeah. and also you you will be out of a like a year like regular teaching English in Vietnam. So I guess you deserve some time for yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. so hopefully like once I go back to the U.S., I can just focus more on building my business, like women's health, hormonal health, coaching, and just be able to really focus on that. I, I think you should focus more on the, on the experience of just transitioning places yeah. again and the, the whole like you know like because you're going to be in a daze and like i don't well that's my that's that's only my opinion or my advice or you know but there's going to be this probably you know like three to six months period where you're going to be reconnecting to to a new place and then reconnecting with yourself and like relearning yourself in this 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 transition space mm-hmm. where there is so much to learn actually there because you're gonna be in, in that point of discomfort all the time and so i would i would say you know i've done this i've done this not knowing me five times already mm-hmm. so i'm like and and there is so much joy and i remember when you just came to vietnam you know, all that, that discomfort. And I, I would say just take the time and focus your energy on just enjoying that yeah. and being present with yourself on that and not, not pushing into like, you know, work or anything like this. Just be like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, between two chairs and mm-hmm. just enjoy it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it be really interesting. I think that's where the opportunity is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I've already been trying to, reach out and see who is in my network who knows people in San Diego and just so that yeah so I don't show up there and it's like just literally no one (laughs) I know no one (laughs) so there are like a few people that I can connect with and yeah I definitely feel more much more mentally resilient I trust I have trust and belief in myself that like 
I can get through whatever discomfort and difficulty um, mm-hmm. and I'll be okay. Yeah. Fun. And so what's right. next for the podcast then? What do we do? Yeah. So we had discussed finding a replacement for me. So we don't want to see creatives in Saigon end. I think that would be really sad. I would love to see it continue on. Especially in this time, I think it provides like, I don't know, something for people, to, some good like content for people to consume in this really dark time. So we're trying to find a, another female co-host to take my place. So if anyone out there listening has ever been like, oh, I, I wish I was a podcast host or like, I want to start a podcast or I wish I could hang out with Dana and Tuesi and Nico. They're super cool. <laughs> you have your chance now. We're going and to... Maybe, maybe explain a little more like why yeah. you will go back to the US but not continue the podcast. Mm. Yeah, I just, I think that would be weird for, for me to be co-host of Creators in Saigon and like living in the US. And I also kind of just feel like I need to cut the ties <laughs> out of the veins of Vietnam. Of yeah. yeah. Like if, if I, if I still had that deep of a connection, like I feel like that would kind of hold me back from being able to truly blossom in a new place. I agree um, with that. Yeah. So I feel like I have to just like cut the yeah. ties and then float off <laughs> into space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The phoenix rise and flies yes. away. <laughs> no, it makes, yes. it, after you explaining all of this, it makes so much more sense actually uh, for you to actually cut your ties because you don't want to have, if we're talking about this transition period you're, you're going to have, you don't want to have to be like, oh, I have an episode in Saigon. <laughs> yeah. When you're like driving to Arizona. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, just like. Exactly. Yeah. So no, it, it, it makes it makes total sense it's uh you know yeah yeah and yeah. i think the the part of the huge purpose of do even doing it for me is like to to have a community here and like meet new people and just feel like i'm contributing something to this this mm-hmm. community specifically so if i go back to the us it's kind of like hmm why (laughs) yeah it doesn't make much sense so yeah we want to find someone who can also offer that female perspective they don't i i don't think it matters if they are foreigner or vietnamese local as long as obviously they can fluently speak english you have a better idea or you you've thought about it maybe the who me yeah uh, I've so for because <laughs> since and thank you Dana I'm going to be the one because I'm I think of the three of us I'm the one that is not ready to let go of the podcast yet mm-hmm. <laughs> so I decided to um, to kind of continue it and that's where the idea of of uh, of getting someone uh, to replace Dana Dana came in and so for me like you know I, I have very little criteria for this except like you know being able to to speak uh to speak english because obviously we're we're going to continue through that route 
-hmm. you don't have to be 100% exactly like Dana, but 99% would be all right. (laughs) 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 No, I'm kidding. But we're really, obviously, like, you know, we have have now like quite a few episodes for people to understand what style of of interviews we're trying to do and this is really something that i that i want to keep where like you know it's really much about people creating positive changes in their lives creating something in saigon and and creating something for the community uh, again you know it's going to be a lot centered about the human behind the business about self-care about about all those good things that you know that that we don't really talk about and i think will be important to be talked about especially during after and long after lockdown here in Vietnam. So we, I want to, I want to continue it. I don't know where it's going to go, but at, at least I want to continue it. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see how, uh, how it goes. Yeah. But yeah, the, 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 so for the criteria, if we go back, uh, ideally, you know, a female co-host, so it, it balances out, um it balances out yeah <laughs> <laughs> it just yeah. balances out so, and it, 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 it like because it, it was and we have the you know if we have to review the the dynamic with like you know having have being able to have a female and a male co-host does help mm-hmm. you know because there is some there is some type of there is some case where like you know some of the interviews where i, I I felt very comfortable to have Dana next to me because it was like something that was more related to a, a female-centered topic. And I, I just wanted to be someone that gave my observation, my humble observation and being able to intake that, that, that information. I mean, I wanted to be the one that listens and just reacts a little bit, but to be able to have that female co-host that had uh, knowledge about, you know, self-care, self-development, um, and and well, very specific to you, Dana. But it was in women's health. If we can have someone like this, perfect. But someone that is passionate about what they're doing and that that want to have some type of influence in the female community here in Saigon and in Vietnam would be quite satisfying for me, or quite quite good. Mm-hmm. You know, because that, that's that's I think some of the because that fits the image of creators in Saigon. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, so we will have a an interest form that mm-hmm. if anyone listening is interested, uh, you can fill out the form and, and it goes into more detail kind of what we're looking for and what, what responsibilities you have as a co-host. Um, so yeah, check that out. The link in the show notes if you're interested. It's, it's a fun experience. If, you, if there was a little bit of, of a thought for anyone that is listening to this of like, yeah, I want to start creating content. I want, I want to start to have like, you know, my, my message out there for me with all the insecurities that I was facing in the past two, two years, starting with this podcast, being surrounded with the team was probably the, the, the softest, nicest, uh, more productive approach to create content. And I'm, I'm, I'm really happy of the, you know, the experience, and that's why I think I, I'm not so ready to let it go because it, it mm-hmm. really fit my, my image and it was the perfect hideout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, all the all the hard work is really already done for you. Like the podcast exists. We have processes in place, systems. We can train you about how to do the editing and like all that stuff. So yeah, yeah it's, not, it's, it's not like it's you have to start a podcast from scratch. Exactly. 
And then the the um, the and I was talking to this uh, with Connor yesterday. The uh, you know the we don't realize the the benefit of networking that it gives us until we actually do it. But like you mm-hmm. know all the effort that we put every time I do an interview with someone interesting and we get referred or we get like some that connection that we have is something that is really really incredible. Like to be able to just sit and talk to someone that is that is really really interesting. <laughs> that I would not not be able to like even approach at a networking event or like, you know, if I had to like give a resume or just like cold call or anything like this, but to be able to just sit there and have this conversation from like, you know, heart to heart is, is really something that I would, that I enjoy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like every, like all the boxes that I, all my hopes that I had starting the, if we have to review our experience at careers in Saigon now that it's going to go to the next chapter, all the, the, the boxes, all my hopes that I had, uh, all the learnings that I wanted to have joining Dana back in, what, September 2020. Mm. Oh, it's been a year, eh? Yeah. <laughs> all those boxes have been ticked. Like, you know, I've learned about, like, you know, creating a podcast. I've learned about hosting. I've learned about, like, you know, all the materials needed. I've learned about uh, just interviewing interesting people. And I've, I've yeah, I'm very really satisfied with the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Anything else? I just want to express gratitude for how I've grown here in the past three years and like all the opportunities that I've been able to have, all the connections with people and just like how willing people are to help and be supportive of the things that you're trying to do. So I will miss that a lot about Saigon but I'm sure that type of vibe exists in other places it's not like this is the only place where that happens Um, so I think it's just uh, like you putting yourself in a situation Mm -hmm. where those opportunities can yeah yeah come about this is exactly what you just said is, and, and you, I, and I can't wait for you to experience that. Like, and again, I, I speak like an old man cause I've done this, <laughs> this little dance five in five different countries, but like really focus on the, on those movements of the, those connections. And like, you know, don't, cause a lot of people leave a country and live this up cause it's such an, uh, a transformative experience for those three years in Vietnam that some people are more prone to go and be like, oh, it's never going to happen again. Or like, it's mm-hmm. so tied up to that, that specific person. Yeah. But it's not actually, it's for you. It's, it's your responsibility to recreate those energy bonds and, and to recreate those movements with different people. And you'll realize that it's always going to happen. Like I, I, I went to this small island in the, in the middle of the Pacific ocean. And I was like, I'll never make any friends. It's not going to be like, yeah. you know, Canada. And like in a week I had like, the exact same type of network because you attract mm-hmm. those like, you know, the, that that type of people and and really like and one of the thing too that I, I really want you to experience but that's really down the road is when you're going to re-meet some of the those essential people that you've met in in Vietnam but 10 years down the road mm-hmm. in a different countries and like that feeling that you will have is is such a really unique experience and I, I i wish this for everybody really because I've, I've experienced mm-hmm. this and i i can't I, and I, i'm just like and that's what it's it's such a special yeah. special experience so i'm, I'm yeah. yeah how do we conclude this uh, this beautiful episode mm. thank you 
Thank you to all the listeners. I would love to say, express also my gratitude to all the listeners who have reached out to me and, and shared like your insights from the episodes or your appreciation or even your not appreciation. (laughs) Sometimes we've (laughs) had people, you know, call us out for having certain guests who maybe did this or that thing. And, Mm -hmm. um, like I, I accept all of those experiences with gratitude because it, it still helped me grow in some way. So Mm -hmm. thank you for that. And I just, I, I guess my final message would be if you, if you are also out there feeling like, Oh, should I go home? Should I stay here? Or whatever it is like you're struggling with journal it out. And, but also like try to, get to a place where you're not trying to think so logically about it, but how can you get to the more subconscious and really like pick up on those emotional cues? Because you really know, like you actually already know your decision and you're probably just resisting against it (laughs) right now. And the quicker you can just like, but actually I won't say quicker because I think I needed to go through that whole long process of like <laughs> the emotional, the emotional ups and downs and the whole roller coaster. I think like I needed time to go through that to feel more mm-hmm. confident about the decision because mm-hmm. I, I explored all the options. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's what I'll say. Like take the time to explore all the options available to you and then, uh, and see how, how it feels. And, and, and for the uh, for the audience that is, that is curious to see uh, and to follow your tribulation out of Vietnam now, or d- maybe it's too soon to talk about this, but is there, are you planning to, or where can we follow you then? Mm. Yeah, I guess like I'll always just be on my Instagram at Dana.Drehos. So you can follow me on Instagram. I am um, starting to put more content out about hormonal health, women's health kind of stuff, because I'm just really so passionate about the fact that like the government and all these industries are really not out there to, you know, benefit the health of the people. It's, it's all for profit. And like, we really need to take responsibility for our own health in every way that we can and get educated about, you know, how to heal our own bodies. And uh, so that's kind of the direction that I'm heading and the message that I'm wanting to put out there. So if you are of the same mindset, then definitely follow me and let's connect. And if you know anyone in San Diego or pretty much anywhere (laughs) in the US or in Mexico, like (laughs) let me know because I'm going to need some friends. Extended creators in Saigon family. Yes, mm-hmm. I'll start. I'll start another podcast. Creators in Mexico, creators <laughs> wherever, yeah. wherever I go. Yes. All right, Ooh. amazing, amazing. Then, well, thanks, Dana, for sharing all of those good insights on on your difficult choice, and uh, and thank you for you know welcoming me and Nico and your team for the past year. Thank you for yes. the experience. Yes, and then, thank um, you guys. and then yeah, I, uh, we can't wait for what's next to you, for you, and then uh, and then we'll make sure to still be in contact. Yeah. Thanks for this episode, and uh, and that's it.
See yeah. you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Creators in Saigon. If you liked this episode, become a part of our mission to inspire others by leaving a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts and sharing this episode with your friends on social media. This one small act can truly make a difference in someone's life. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and see you next time.